Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi Podcast. This is episode 166 for your scorecards. And uh, a little special episode here tonight because I would say with me as always is Dave and Fredo. Um, so hi guys, how are you? Hello. Hello. And we we have a, a special guest with us here tonight, a friend of mine, um, fellow member of the uh, 501st. You're still at 501st, right, Stephen? Yes, sir. Cool. And uh, so we'll talk to you a little bit about that as well. But um, Stephen is here uh, to talk to us about uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. And notice that I didn't call it Star Wars Prison. Uh, that's the last time you'll hear me say that. Uh, it's uh, the Galactic Star Cruiser. He went on a voyage in June. And since I have been, um, like I said, in the nicest terms, the most skeptical person of the Galactic Star Cruiser, hearing uh, Steven's uh, experience was it was really kind of cool. And so I think it's a nice uh nice to have the facts to go against the bs that i you know throw out you know on this every now and again so um so steven thank you for joining us um happy to be here so uh i guess uh but first as always to get our brains wrapped around uh star wars um i mean we could talk a little bit about the saints but that was kind of a fun preseason game um but it is preseason so we won't talk about it um not too many people got hurt so that's good um, but, uh, let's, let's get into some trivia here. And Steven, by the way, this is from the Trivial Pursuit DVD Star Wars Saga Edition. Do you have that game by chance? Well, wouldn't you know it? No, I don't. Wow. We, okay. Um, so, uh, these are episodes one through six. So none of the sequels, <clears throat> none of the animated stuff. Um, this is just for, you know, this isn't for the hardcore. It's, uh, just for the medium core, I suppose. So, um, everybody gets one question and I, the rule is whichever one I look at first is what I ask could be a softball could be how many, you know, what was it last week? How many claws did the Ackley have? Um, so anyway, um, so we'll start with Dave. All right, Dave, what villain says, that narrows it down, what villain says, quote, at least we have the mighty Chewbacca. I even used the right cadence there. At last, we have the mighty Chewbacca. Oh, at last. Uh, That's Jabba. Last name, please. Jabba the Hutt? There you go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I, that was funny. I used the, the right cadence and everything. Gave it away. All right. Uh, it was Jabba the Hutt. Um, Fredo. All right. What leader clicks the warning? If they find out what we are planning to build, we're doomed. Oh, man. I got to think um, about that one. No, no. That is uh, Poggle the Lesser. Man, good job. Yes, it is Poggle the Lesser. Yeah. For, for some reason, my wires was getting crossed between him and Plo Koon because I knew it started with a P. So. All right. Steven, to you, my friend. What does R2-D2 accidentally plug into while looking for a computer terminal in Cloud City? Does he plug into like a power socket? He. That's exactly what it is, a power socket. 
All right. And to me. Oh, good. I'm glad I got that one because I'm like, who the heck is Poggle the Lesser? I don't recognize <laughs> that name. I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, what's, what's the name of the third Star Destroyer that was in the background of, you know, a two second scene in Empire Strikes Back? Um, all right. To me, who informs Qui Gon Jinn that Queen Amidala is curious about Tatooine? That would be Captain Panaka. Ta-da. Hey, we are we're all winners today, guys. Two weeks in a row, we get a Captain Panaka question. Interesting. That is weird, right? <clears throat> My... Didn't realize he's left such a mark on the True Pursuit game. Load a loaded critical deck. character. Critical. Yeah. <laughs> so critical that we keep calling him Tanaka or <laughs> um, yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, Let's get to our friend here, Stephen. Um, first of all, before we talk about the the Star Cruiser, like I said, Stephen and I met in the 501st. Um, oh, wait a minute. Sorry. We'll get to that in a second. Dave, you went someplace fun this weekend. Yeah, I was in Galactic Star Cruiser, but yeah, uh, we went to Mighty Con over the weekend, uh, and the 501st was represented there. Um and that's a local con here in New Orleans, uh, and it was kind of a makeup because we couldn't make it out to Azalea City Con, um, which uh, we all, if you listen to this podcast, you might have heard about a few weeks back. Um, we couldn't make it out to that traffic and running to the bulls conflicted. So we promised our oldest that she would get an opportunity to uh, uh, cosplay and we said um, this is the next one on the calendar it looks like so we went over to the Pontchartrain center out in kenner and um got our con on over the weekend and uh it was a good value i will say because kids got in free i wanted to point that out to any uh families uh, that might be listening out there do they so. do that on the galactic star cruiser steven do kids get in free well, only if you pay uh, $1,500 extra, then yeah, they get in free. <laughs> or, or, or if you're pregnant with said child, then yeah, maybe. Uh, That's only 750 So Dave, um, actually, you uh, uh, some people kind of remembered you and Kate, right? Yeah, well, like, oh, man, there were a few different stories. Uh, one is uh, we ran into the droid builders and talked to them, and they said, that, like, at one point they thought that they had talked to a member of our crew. So I furiously texted you guys to see if you'd been out there. And no, you had not. So I wonder if there's, like, a rival Star Wars podcast that we need to figure out if, if they're out there somewhere, you know, trying to – trying to horn in on our turf here in new Orleans. I, I don't know, but, um, so that was kind of a funny story. Yes. Um, the 501st did not recognize Aaron's name when I name dropped him. Well, yeah, I, was I mean, totally like, disappointed. You know, I did look and that by the way, was not just new Orleans folks, but it was Mississippi and some other places. And I honestly, I don't troop all that often. So it's it's not surprising that that they didn't they didn't know my name. Um, <clears throat> so but, yeah, there were some there were some fun clubs there and some fun groups. And um, my daughter placed I think seventh in the in the costuming contest. Um, what she cosplay as? 
it was one of an anime character. Uh, it was uh, Toga from um, My Hero, My Hero Yeah, My Hero Academia. Uh, that's one of her favorites. So um, she was that, and um, it went that went well. The funny thing, though, like, and I, I wanted to share this story. Uh, Kate interacted. Uh, we saw a She-Hulk there. And Kate started talking to her. I was like, oh, my gosh, your costume's amazing. It's so great. Oh, you're, um, you're talking about a cosplayer, not the mm-hmm. actress who played She-Hulk. Right. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I will say Jeff Anderson and, uh, um, oh, my God, our other guy, Dante from Brian Clark O'Halloran. were there. Brian O'Halloran were there. Uh, we got to talk to them um, briefly. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, like so, she was talking to this uh, person dressed up as She-Hulk and struck up a bit of a friendship. And wouldn't you know it, like some dude walks over and immediately just starts talking about like why he doesn't like the show or why he didn't like the show. It was, you know, and he started mansplaining uh, all over yeah, the place. Okay, immediately started mansplaining to someone dressed up as She-Hulk why he doesn't like. The series and again like it just like the total cliche moment of it you know we, we were just dying laughing after that guy like sashayed off it was it was ridiculous but uh we had a good time it was a good it, it was a good time it was it's not a huge con um but they do a pretty good job there so now, Steve, i would recommend it steven when did you join the 501st uh 2013 so i just made 10 years right on and uh i know you uh i've seen you do are you just uh royal guard or do you have other so i my wife and i both have royal guards uh because you know you have to go you have to come in pairs um it's actually funny story so my uh you know i've been with my wife for forever and long ago she we had a conversation of you know, you don't have to accept my level of nerd, but you just have to tolerate it. So, you know, she was a Star Trek fan. I was a Star Wars fan. So clearly I was the superior fandom, obviously. So she made a deal. We made a deal with each other. We said, okay, listen, if you join the 501st with me, because Royal Guards should always be in pairs, I will join the local Starfleet chapter. Is that all right? Deal. So we get her costume together, we submit it, she gets approved, said, okay, great, now it's my end of the bargain. We go to one Starfleet meeting, and she got so grossed out and creeped out by all of the other members, she's like, I don't ever want to go back. (laughs) So I got the high, the better end of that deal go me so so was it was it the uh like stereotypical big bang theory you know penny walks into the comic book store is that what kind of kind of i think that's a good i think that's a good way of saying it yeah she just was not digging the vibe so she's like yeah okay maybe you know, I will so, say, I will say with the 501st, I mean, I was in the central garrison, obviously in Nebraska, and then, you know, the Bast Alpha garrison here. Um, and it's always been, I've, I've never felt it to be a chauvinistic 
experience at all. It seems like mm-hmm. a fairly tight community. Maybe yeah, that's so naive like, to say. I don't know. But... You know. For for the most part, it that's a pretty accurate statement. Um, I do think that the organization does tend to lean more towards uh, male participants, but I think that is just the nature of organized science fiction fandom. I will say that the legions are doing an awesome job of bringing inclusivity. They're including more females. They're including uh, people of different ethnic origins, different races, different cultures. So, I mean, the, the club is international, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And uh, are, are you in the Rebel Legion as well? So I, I am an off-again, on-again member with the Rebel Legion. Uh, every now and again, I will pull out my Will Row Hood. Ah, okay. Will Row Hood, right on. Which, the, now Will Row Hood has been kind of, uh, they have competition at the cons with all of the uh, uh, Andor uh, One Way Out prisoners. They do. They have, a, they have a running of the hood, and they have a running of the prisoners. So the, the Willrow hoods are shouting, save the ice cream. <laughs> the prisoners from Narkina 5 are shouting, one way out. And it's actually funny that you bring that up, because I saw footage of one Star Cruiser cruise where a group of, like, 20 people planned this in advance. They all brought and wore their narkina 5 costume no seriously (laughs) yeah so they are running through the cruise ship chanting one way out one way out one way out there's videos of it and it's hysterical so so it was like star wars prison Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, said it again so all right so that's enough of me saying that uh all right so that leads us into um and like so I th- I'm just going to let you go and I just want to kind of hear you without, you know, I'm the one who tends to interrupt. So I'm going to make sure I don't ask questions until you get to the end. D- walk us through the the beginning of your Star Cruiser voyage to the end of it. Um, well, it all started back in May when I graduated from my master's program. And I told my wife, hey, surprise me with something. She picked the Star Cruiser. She couldn't bring herself to make the phone call because it was so much money. So I ended up planning my own surprise. It's funny how that happens. Um, Okay, so fast forward to June. And it's time to go. We're excited. We're we're driving to the terminal. Um, I'm going to refer to it as a cruise. It is, it is a hotel. It is a concrete bunker in the employee parking lot at MGM Studios. It's, it's what it is. There's no getting around it. However, uh, to call it just a Star Wars hotel is to vastly undersell what it is. It's one of those experiences where you have to do it to really appreciate the feelings, the emotions, the sentiments behind it. Um, I never get Disney's letdown after leaving Disney World. 
but when I stepped foot off of the cruise ship, I was in withdrawal because I genuinely felt I was part of a Star Wars story for two days. Um, it is just that powerful. Um, I went into it, I want to say blind, but I went into it not knowing a lot. Um, so you, you had not watched any uh, or not a lot of any of the media coverage on YouTube from the influencers and stuff like that? When, I, when it first opened a year ago, I think I did watch maybe like 30 minutes of somebody's cruise. But then it had been a year and I didn't remember anything. Um, Can I ask too, like briefly, because of the emotional yeah. side of this, um, it reminded me, like when you were just, just describing what you were describing, it reminded me a little bit of the lightsaber building, which was something that I've been through. I'm curious, have you been through that and was it semi-reminiscent? So I I have. And uh, like Aaron has been smack talking the Star Cruiser, I had been smack talking the lightsaber building. I'm assuming you're talking about um, Savi's in Batu. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I did it, and it it's it's that suspension of disbelief that you don't even realize that you're suspending. Like, you're just in the moment when you hold up your lightsaber for the first time. Like, did you feel, like, giddy? Like, oh, my God, I did this. This is exciting. Holy crap. Crud. Holy crud. That this is real. Crap is fine. Anything beyond that, then we have to edit out with <laughs> Greedo saying McClunky. But that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty wizard. So yeah, no. So like what you're saying then on on your end, um, that was maybe too fleeting, and and like Star Cruiser took it to a, a whole different level. That's a very good way of saying it. That's a very very good way of saying it. Uh, so it so yeah, like expand that little brief fifteen minute experience and expand that over the course of two days. And you get the Star Cruiser. What made it special and what made it have that impact was there were a couple things. One were the actors that were in character. Uh, They made it a point to remember each cruiser and they roped them into the story. They roped them in like to the level that they were comfortable with. Like, they extended feelers, they extended offers. And then they remembered you throughout both days. And they worked together as a team to ensure that everybody was part of the story. So, and to give everybody a unique, um, a unique story and a unique experience. Uh, that, that's, that's my dog, Gumbo. Hi, Gumbo. Playing with his sister, Rue. You can hear him uh, growling in the box. It's all right. We like dogs on this podcast. Oh, good, because I also love my dogs. One of them was just eat, trying to eat my hand. Now he's getting belly rubs. Um, okay, so where were I? So yeah, so the the characters, the cast members that were in character were incredible. Um, second thing that made it unique 
or made it special were the non-character cast members. Like, it was essentially a concierge. They remembered everybody. They went above and beyond the, like, you know, you expect a, a certain level of, like, um, that's what I'm looking for, like hospitality, a certain level of service when you go to Disney or to the Disney parks. Well, they take that expectation and then they multiply it by a thousand, so if these, not a million. So these people were like, I mean, sorry, this is going to sound bad, but typical yeah. uh, Disney cast members. Um, yes. Or... So they were your, they were like your customer service. Members. Right. Okay. <clears throat> the, um, they called them the cruise relation team and they had very distinctive uh, blue jackets. So they sometimes got called the blue jackets. Did you um, ever but... want to call them Julie or Gopher? No, Sorry. I okay. never wanted to call them Julie or Gopher. <laughs> no, I wanted to call them, you are my friend, here is my phone number, you call me if there's an opening on the next cruise. That's what I really wanted to call <laughs> That's what I really wanted to call them. Um, but yeah, like they went above and beyond. Um, and they, when they could, they like made miracles happen. I saw them make a couple miracles happen and it was just absolutely incredible. Um, and then the third thing that really made the experience unique was that because the ship, because uh, because the the cruise is so exclusive, because it's so expensive, because the supply is so limited, everybody that's there is there because they love Star Wars, or uh, they love, damn it, dogs, or they love somebody who really loves Star Wars. Um, so we were there for a shared interest. Everybody there was for Star Wars. And you could talk to anybody about anything. And they were all super cool. Like, I made friends on this cruise um, that I still kind of keep in touch with. Um, uh, they, they, I learned his name is Beatus. And I asked him about it. And he's like, okay, so my kids started calling me dark diabetes because I just got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. Mm. And so we just shortened it to Betis for this cruise. So the cast members were calling him Betis. He introduced himself as Betis. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. Um, and so I taught him how to play Sabacc. There was a Sabacc tournament. Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so again, it was those combinations that just transcended that made the that made the story that made the trip transcend from just a hotel stay to an experience so that that is really what made it so kind of walk through you you said you 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 pulled up and you know we've talked about how it's you know it's valet parking because the parking is you know cast lot whatever yeah Um, but so talk to us about when you first walk in the door um and and just kind of walk us through maybe that first day itinerary so i'm gonna be honest i'm gonna tell you a little later like you know you're gonna hear me say a lot of good things about the star cruise you're gonna hear me say a couple things you know that could be negative about the experience nothing is perfect so your check-in your initial getting to the the airport the spaceport whatever they want to call it is a little less than glamorous because of where the 
because of where the, 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 the port is located, it's very, what's the word I'm looking for? It kind of breaks the illusion a little bit. Because to get to the launch pod, you have to take a back road that has one little that has one little sign that says Star Wars Star Cruiser with an arrow pointing, and it takes you the back way to the employee parking lot, which is behind Bot Two at the Disney Studios. Um, to make sure that you don't get lost. They have a big sign that's painted on a cargo crate, like a big like shipping container that you see on the boats. Um, so again, you know, you're paying a lot of money, and this is what you you get treated with. Yeah, you know, um, you follow the road. You first stop at a security deck, like when you check into your hotel on property hotel there's a security desk right there they confirm that you have a reservation that you're on the booking they check in on their tablet and that tells the concierge people that are waiting for you when you drive through two turnstiles uh, two um oh what's the word i'm looking for Turn, turnstiles i guess the, the the gates that swing up and you can drive through uh, so you drive through two of those, you arrive at the spaceport, um, and that is really when the experience begins. Uh, you are greeted by a valet. They take all of your belongings that you want to find their way up to your cabin. Um, you can carry one or two things with you if you want, but otherwise it just it meets you up in your cabin. They're there waiting with bottles of water, um, and frozen grapes, because uh, you know you're standing out in the heat, waiting to go through security, waiting to get on your launch pod to go up. Um, but that was very nice, and they were frequently handing out water bottles. Like if you wanted one, they gave it to you. It was just a constant offering. It was always available. Um, so while you're waiting to go through your security and bag check, they go through like a little primer speech about like what to expect, like how to really get the most out of it. And that stuff like, you know, just remember, you know, you're here for fun. You, you know, you love Star Wars. If you see a group of people go and do something, go tag along. If you see a characters over there, go talk to them, like really get into it and really, uh, like really have fun. Like it's okay to play. It's okay to, you know, role play. It's okay to get in on it. And were you guys, um, I'm sorry, were you guys uh, um, yeah. totally in character and cosplaying and stuff like that? So we were not in character, but we were bounding. We did have Star Wars inspired clothing, but we did not have any character. Okay. I mean, we have character. We're obviously we're <laughs> who we are, but we did not have any set characters that we were role playing in. Um, I did kind of create one as the as it went on uh because i brought with me um a life-size bb1 um i i called him bb12 his name is ducky because i painted him with a green head and orange feet like a mallard duck um everybody loved him so as and they asked me oh did you build him oh how did you find the parts etc 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 
so I created the characters kind of on the fly. Of, well, you know, the droid mechanic, the droid builder. It's I'm from Dagobah, so it's very hard to scrounge together the parts. It took a long time. Had to so date a Jawa to get them. <laughs> That's right. Um. So as the so as the, as it went on, that was my story, and I just kind of loosely ran with it. Um, but there were people there were that were in full costume. Oop, he froze up. White officer, something. Since he froze up briefly, I, I, I will interject and just say that um, this is mostly academic. This discussion because I think all the slots are sold out until it closes um it's scheduled to close at the end of september right now i'm reading a news article that says that everything is sold out but that a few slots mysteriously opened up this week and then quickly were filled again so there might be some potential if somebody were so inclined like I really, I want to go before it closes. Keep keep an Some, eye on it because they somebody might uh, they might get a keep your there. eyes open and stalk yeah. it because there mm-hmm. might be something opening up. But I, I think for the most part, like I said, this is academic. But most of those slots are filled up. We got you back, Stephen. Oh, freaking! I'm blaming the weather causing uh, that's connectivity our, issues and that's and, New, and New Orleans infrastructure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's more so that. Uh, so what was I saying? So there were people like in full costume. Uh, somebody was dressed up as Director Krennic. He was in full uniform all weekend. And so the the captain of the Halcyon and the other cruise directors were saying, yeah, like when we have, you know, retired officers on board. Um, so they really like incorporated that into like their story. Uh, somebody brought a like a backpack droid and he pressed the button and the head of his droid popped up out of his backpack and looked around. And that was really cool. Um, so you check in. You watch the safety spiel. It's a pre-recorded video just going over ground rules. Um, like what to do if there's an actual real-life emergency. Um, they warn you that at some point during the, during the story like emergency lights are going to flash and that is part of the story. And then you have to go to your assigned muster station. And then after that, you get in the launch pod, which is an elevator that takes you up three floors and you are in, you step foot onto the Halcyon lobby. Uh, I will say the launch pod elevator. Have y'all ever been to, uh, to Disney quest way back in the day? Yeah. Downtown Disney. Do y'all remember taking the elevator up? And then there was that short, like, in-flight movie, like, on the window in front of you, vaguely. Vaguely, but... Kind of like that, but more intense. So they had two sets of windows that were grayed out, and then as the elevator went up, they got transparent. Cool effect. And you watched the video of you making the the light speed jump straight up into space. And then it shows you catch being caught by um, like a droid and then it guides your pod onto the Halcyon. So you got, so it was an elevator, but it was also a shell. And that was very cool. So you step into the Halcyon and it is just incredible. 
That's what I was going to ask. Like, First reaction you, when you when you saw it. It it took your breath away. Like the second I stepped foot off of that shuttle pod, I was like, okay, I am in Star Wars. Like I had goosebumps. It was gorgeous. It was beautiful. Like the cast members are there waiting to show you to your cabin, but they know to give you like a minute or two just to soak it all in because it, it is truly gorgeous in person. Um, they bring you to your cabin. They kind of walk you around a little bit to show you where everything is. They walk you to your cabin, let you get settled. A little later on, they'll bring you your luggage. They just leave it. They bring it to your cabin. Um, everyone's seen pictures of the cabins. The bunk beds are actually very comfortable. I'm a tall and big dude. I fit very comfortably in them. Um, each room has a window out into space. It's a very, very cool illusion. And what's neat is that when there are things happening on the bridge, like there's one training mission that you go do and you have to shoot asteroids. Well, you can see all the debris from the asteroids flying past your window and it's all synced up. Uh, so that was very, very neat. Um, and there's a panic room, right? So there is a <laughs> panic room. There is a panic room built into each and every cabin. And a lot of people use it to store their luggage because the cabin is, I mean, it can be a little tight, especially if you have like four people in there. It's really tight. Um, but the panic room is for like in a real life emergency, you cannot get, and you physically cannot get out of the building. They built in a little like hatch in the room for you to like get in there and wait, call 911 and wait for somebody to come and save, to come and save you. Um, it's hidden behind a panel though, so you really can't see it. Uh, um, we change we get dressed we go do shopping that was the first thing we did because I know that stuff sells out everything that's in the gift store is in universe so there's no merchandise that says Star Wars that all says Chandrilla Starline it's all in universe which I thought was very, very cool because they're not breaking the illusion. Um, so we mingle around after that. We go explore. Also come to find out, I realized this after the fact, there are hidden secret Halcyon pins that the crew keeps hidden away in a special hidden compartment and you have to convince them that you're not with the First Order and that you're with the Resistance. And you really got to persuade them. And they, like, close the shop door, pull out a special key, and it's hidden in this little tiny spare compartment underneath the jewelry that's so inconspicuous you would never have seen it. And I'm like, that's freaking cool. I wish I had known about that before because they were special like they were special edition pins i'm like well this is hella cool i wish i had known about this um all of the cast how members much, how much uh i was gonna ask briefly how much merchandise did you buy because um with the thing closing down here shortly yes. i'm guessing there was probably some incentive to be like i gotta get it now so yes um I went in talking a very big game saying I'm going to buy literally everything. 
in reality, I think we only left with about only about five hundred dollars worth of stuff. Only, <laughs> and of that five hundred, like a hundred and twenty-five of that, I was getting a remote control droid for um, for somebody else. Um, however, I did, and my wife too. Uh, we did get the things we were after. They have these uh, the Sabak chipset that sells out all the damn time. So when I saw them on the shelves, I'm like, I'm buying that right now before it sells out. Um, and also while we were there, they must have just released it um, while we were on that cruise. They have the Droid Factory, like three inch or six inch, I don't know, action figures, of um, the figures of the droid that's in your cabin and of the... Um, the R series astromech that roams around the uh, that roams around the ship, but they had just released the um, the in room droid, which is also something cool. Oh, I'm going off on all of these tangents. That's just how cool and how exciting the 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 trip is. Is that there's just so much to talk about that I really could talk about this for hours. Um, but I know y'all don't have hours to listen to me ramble about it, so I'm trying to pick you out the highlights. Um, but needless to say, I ended up picking up one of those little small figures for myself and to mail off to somebody else because I just happened well, to be looking at my phone at the right time. I mean, talk about that droid a little bit because it's kind of like a, I mean, it's on a screen, right? And it's kind of yes. like your like concierge droid or something like that, but they kind of lead you down the, uh, are you with the first order or resistance? They kind of help you make that choice, don't they? So yes and no, they they do react to what you choose. So it's based on uh, Amazon Alexa technology, right? Where it you know you talk to it, it talks back to you. Uh, it uses AI to um, to communicate with you, and it's pretty responsive, and that's actually pretty good. So it's um, her name is like D three ZO or something like that. Um. So she will, like, ask you, like, what did you do during the day? And did you happen to, like, lose this item? We found this pack of Dianoga eggs. Is it yours? We can't figure out who it belongs to. So silly things like that. Um, every night, though, she'll tell you a bedtime story. And uh, the, the bedtime stories were, were pretty funny. Um, so basically, it was a retelling of A New Hope. But from the perspective of, of R2-D2 as being the main hero. Cool. Uh, it, that was really funny. Um, and then on the second night, she did, uh, she did Empire. And that was also very fun. Um, but like the stormtroopers, at like one point, the stormtroopers actually hijacked the communication between the two of us. And then they started interrogating me through the view screen. Uh, so that was a neat little twist. But it was it was just very, very cool. It was very, very neat. Uh, so she's a part of your journey, too. Um, it, it's really cool. So how and long, like do, can, you, how long do you have to... Because uh, you said you went shopping, you, know, you had time to kick around the room and stuff like that. How long did you have before everybody had to congregate and the stories started kicking in? 
So they, it was about an hour to an hour and a half because they wait until everybody has checked in, has gotten settled in their rooms. And then the characters start kind of, the characters start making their way out and talking with people and introducing themselves. And that's really when the story starts to take off. Uh, they wait, they wait till everybody's on board. Um, so there's the, the cruise director, uh, there's the captain of the Halcyon, uh, there's a chief engineer who shows up, um, Gaia's manager, the intergalactic superstar Gaia, her, his manager, her manager, uh, shows up there in the muster. Um, and then things happen throughout. Lieutenant Croy, who's the first order officer, he shows up during muster. Uh, but during that first hour or so, when you're just getting used to the ship, they're offering like tours of everything. Um, they show you where like lightsaber training's gonna be, where the the mess hall is, uh, the cargo room, the brig, the um, the engineering room, the, the uh, what you call it, the bridge. Uh, so like they take you on a tour and they show you where everything is. Then about like an hour in, the characters start coming up. And that is where I got to meet uh, the life-sized, I am pretty sure fully uh, autonomous uh, SK droid. Um, and he's like five feet tall. He's a big boy. Um, and he, I was looking for a controller, like a plain clothes uh, cast member driving him, but I didn't see anybody. Um, and I rode in an elevator with just him. So I'm pretty damn sure he was fully autonomous. Wow. So like he, he, so he got to meet um, my BB unit and he just like erupted in excitement. You know, the, the R2 whistle, he just kept doing that nonstop and like spinning his head dome because he was so excited to meet this other droid. So, okay. So I, I'm going to, I am going to jump in and ask a question here. Does, yeah. when you think back or that, and maybe in the moment, does any of that, I mean, cool as hell 100 percent. but does any part of it i mean if if there's not a if the the droid is in the elevator with you and doing all these things that means big brother is watching the whole time oh yeah it's it's disney world big brother is always watching fair fair I, it's I'm, dis you wear a freaking magic band what do you think that's, that is that's true okay so fair um <laughs> now i do want to i'm going to divert you here because when you invited us over um the I, I think it's fair to say the thing that that blew your mind the most was the food on this place the the food was some of no i'm sorry not some of the food was the best food I've ever had on Disney property. Um, it it was weird but familiar. So it was just weird enough that it looked different and it looked like it came from space, but it was familiar. So that it wasn't some crazy shenanigan bullshit from way the hell out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's like we, you because you you made the um, the meal for us, and like the thing that was that the only thing that made me like pause was the blue shrimp. Yes, that the, uh... that just tasted like shrimp. It tasted like shrimp cocktail, but the fact that it was blue was the thing that messes with your mind. Yes, 
So I uh, come to find out after the fact that is one of their more infamous dishes is the fact that this earth shrimp is this dark blue color. I'm like, what is this? It's blue. Shrimp aren't blue. Uh, but yeah, uh, the shrimp on Felucia are. Um, that was night two where they did uh, the taste around the galaxy where they had uh, a Mustafarian cheese dip with different sorts of bread. Um, and then the blue shrimp, they did um, a braised, uh, what did I say? It was a bantha short rib. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the dessert I made for y'all was different. Um, the dessert was like a chocolate cake in the uh, the shape of a Chandrilla logo. All of the photos of the food are available online, and it was all delicious. Now, I have a food allergy. I can't eat tomatoes. Um, so they went out of their way to make the dishes without tomatoes. And when they couldn't, they substituted it with something else. Um so they they really did a, a great job with that. Um, they had specialty cocktails, and they were all delicious. Um, we they had the option to upgrade your dining to the captain's table, which is a table in the the center of the center of the room, a prime view of the stage. You get about five to ten minutes of one to one uninterrupted interaction with the captain. Um, and you get uh, unique courses as well. And when you finish, you get a uh, that big honking uh, captain's medallion mm. that goes for like two hundred dollars on eBay because they're so hard to get. And I'm disappointed I didn't get it, but that stuff was sold out. Couldn't get a seat at the captain's table. So maybe, maybe because you're right. I mean, I I think you could we could probably do like three episodes of this. So maybe we can start asking some yeah. of our questions. Uh, yeah. The one thing I have a question about is because I am one of those like introverted extroverts, I suppose. Sure. It's like I, I'm all in for playing, but then there's a time where it's like, you know, shut up and just tell me where the bathroom is. You know, it's break. like, yeah. did, did you ever get to that point where it was like, um, or did you see anybody get to that point where it's like, I'm done playing. Can you just give me a straight non-Star Wars answer? So no, because they, I remember reading this in an article way back when, when it first started, they know that not everybody is going to be all in Star Wars all the time. So they extend the invitation and if you want to come join in, great. If you want to be involved in Star Wars 24-7, great. But if you want to, like, take a step back, so like, they, be they, in the real world for a minute, that's fine, too. So they're good at reading the room. They're very good at reading right. the room. Okay. Like, there are, you know, there are times when you can, like, kind of play in Star Warsy a little bit about real-world issues. But they also know, like, when it's time to be real world. So they're very good about reading the room. Do they have like um, standard hotel amenities like pools and spas and 
office space and all that sort of thing? So no, uh, they did not. And it's actually funny that uh, you bring that up because one of the crew members jokingly asked the captain, hey, let's get a spa. And the captain right on it. She's like, well, look, you know, there are so many different races of aliens that come on this cruise. And so we would have to install countless different versions of spa amenities that it just wouldn't be possible. You can't just have it just for humans because there are other aliens that come on the cruise. So we can't do a spa. We'd have to charge people $10,000 to come on this cruise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, there are like, so when you say hotel, I'm like, no, there's no pool, there's no office room, there's no, um, like fitness room like that. Um, because it's not meant to be a hotel. It's a cruise. Right. It's a space cruise. Just, you know, there's no pools in outer space. There were there was no cutlery in medieval times, therefore there is no <laughs> except cutlery. you eat with your hands. That's right. <laughs> yeah, except they have Pepsi there. Yeah. You know, that's um, right. There was Pepsi in the Middle Ages. Yes. Uh, was there ever was there ever a time you mentioned uh, you know you said you were it, it, you were fully immersed did you ever have a moment where the 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 immersion broke that something just totally took you out of the moment that totally took me out of the moment no were there, there not e- not one... even when you sorry not even le- when you learned Chewbacca's real name. <laughs> see that you have to you have to tell this story this is a good story this is a good story okay so again part of what makes the uh the experience unique is that you can just wander and happen into story elements and you get roped into doing it um and that's what i know i say i love but that was what was really special to me was like a couple times where we just happened to be in the right place at the right time and we got to do something cool. Um, so in this case, we were walking, I was going to the bathroom and I turned the corner and I, there's Chewbacca. Hey Chewbacca, what's up? So the cruise director was like, hey, we need your help and you're tall. So there are stormtroopers like right around the whole, right around the corner and they're trying to find Chewbacca. We need you to walk in front of him and help hide him so we can get him into the engineering room right there. And so I look at my wife and I'm like, Yeah, I mean, you can't say no to Chewbacca. You literally can't. It's funny, Chewbacca. It's freaking Chewbacca. So here is six foot two tall Chewbacca squatting down right behind me with a hand on my shoulder just to make sure that he was still hidden. And I'm like, just walking along like it's nobody's business, right <laughs> right into uh, right in the engineering room. So as we're walking into the engineering room, I hear the cruise director going, Steven, 
Steven, Steven. So I'm like, yeah, what's up? Steven, yeah, that's me. Hey, what's up? She's like, oh, your name is also Steven, isn't it? I'm like, yeah. And it didn't dawn on me till like 10 or 15 minutes later. I think they gave Chewbacca a code name. And I think that code name was Steven. <laughs> and I'm here going, man, this is really cool. She knows my name. I'm about to do something really cool. She was talking to Chewbacca, wasn't she? Steve, yep. Steve is a really good name for a Wookiee. Right? Steve the Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a fun that was fun. Can you talk about some of the um because obviously this is a span of two days and they had major story events. How do they feel you know, how, how much time you know, when it's not those major story events, they give you the time to go do what you want. So what did you choose to go do at that time? Did, did you did you follow a particular storyline? You said you played Sabak. Uh, in the tournament that they had there? So they were... So there were a lot of activities, like, mm -hmm. not storyline-related that you could do. Mm -hmm. um, I played in the Sabak tournament. Um, uh, what else did I do? Um, you have two or three, like, pre-booked activities that are like the highlight of the cruise and if you don't do it you're stupid kind of things uh one of them is bridge training where you go onto the bridge of the ship and they teach you how to control the systems of the ship um and it's basically like you're playing a gigantic video game have have anybody has anybody been to uh, or seen pictures of the the space 220 restaurant in epcot I've, I've, I was just watching a review of it. Yeah. So y'all know that they've got those big, gigantic 40 foot screens that look out into space. Yeah. Yeah. So same technology, and but you're playing a video game on it. And that was very, very cool. Um, so while you're doing the bridge training, a story element happens and it changes based on what, what, um, what time you go, what characters you're there with. Like one group was, like my group had to shoot and blast through asteroids because we had to send a transmission somewhere um, to get to Chewbacca. So Chewbacca came and got on the ship. Steven, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Another group had to go pick up Gaia from her ice spa so she could come and perform on the ship. So again, it changed based on uh, like the time you were there. Um, the other big one was the lightsaber training, where you got to hold a lightsaber. You got to uh, like block, let uh, blaster bolts with the lightsaber. Now this is not like the fancy one that ray uses in the show this is it's it's a toy it's a very very neat very reactive toy but it is not the the one that retracts and goes up and down um 
this was the the one element that I found the least believable because you are literally just waving your lightsaber and putting it in the path of a, of a, of a light beam. And when you put it in the path of the light beam, you felt the saber shake as if you were blocking it. And the lightsaber, like the, the blade, like reacts as if you were blocking it. So single player laser tag. Kind of. But they incorporated multiple people by hand in, like the two people behind you, a shield. And the shield reacted to the light beam as well. So right, if you know. the. If the so if the if the the idea is that if the person didn't block it with the lightsaber, you would block it with the shield in the back, and you would get points that way. And I will, I, you know, it makes sense what you're saying that you said it felt like the least believable. I'm going to take it from a different standpoint. Like everything else that you've talked about, you go. Let's like you're going on a Star Wars cruise. It's going to be about food. It's going to be about sabacc. It's going to be about Hey, you want to steer the ship, Skippy? You know, that's possible. I don't foresee anything in all the Star Wars that we've watched as like, hey, we've got all these lightsabers. Let's play with them. Correct. You know what I mean? So that's the one. And that's the one. And I understand they, why they put it in because kids like lightsabers and grown kids like lightsabers. But that's the one element that just doesn't seem to, it seems to be a square peg round hole. They, 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 they incorporated it into the story by creating this group called the Saja. And they are non-force sensitive people, but they follow the tenets and principles of the Jedi. You know, eh. Because, you know, we're in, we're in the First Order era now. We're in, this takes place in sequel trilogy. So the Jedi have been gone for a while. Luke Skywalker's a myth, yeah. <clears throat> and they've been gone for a while. But somehow, some way, this group of three to six people live on a cruise ship and have four to eight toy lightsabers and well, it, the sajas are all proficient in lightsaber use it's like why don't why, why did they it seemed it seemed to be easier to say you know hey look what we picked up at savvy's workshop when we were visiting batu sure you know so these they, are pretty cool but you know, they 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 needed to be there as a vehicle for ray's plot Oh, okay. Um, they so they they play the thematic role. They needed to be there when you if you followed Ray's plot, um, because eventually Ray comes on the ship. Uh, they bring back a lost Jedi artifact from Batu, and they bring it back up on the ship, and that is her big reveal moment. If you follow her plot line, is they do the the opening of this this artifact. Um, I'm trying to not do spoilers in case any of your, your watchers, listeners are uh, going to go on the cruise. I don't want to spoil it. No, those five um, people won't go. That's all right. Those five people won't go. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. No, hey, no, <laughs> no, uh, no, no, no. a little self-deprecating no. humor. So yeah, I, like when you cut out earlier, we were talking about how like it's all booked up. There's no chance for anyone to even book right now. It's yeah, just, it is. Yeah. 
Um, so let me, okay. So let me ask you this. Um, so, uh, it's a two part question. So the first, first question I know the answer to, and so you can just give a one word answer. Then I'll go to my second question. So, uh, yeah. Would you, would you do it again? Absolutely. Okay. So now tell you why, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me ask my second question. Um, it, because not everybody has, you know, a re, just a revolving bank account where it's like, all right, let's let's grab the amount because you talked about how expensive this was. And it's like, you know, yeah. so so would would it be something that it's like I'm going to put my pennies away, you know, so that I can do this again? Honestly, yes. OK. I, and honestly, if I did have the pennies to sock away i would probably sell a kidney uh that is how much i loved this experience so now now tell us why you said you were going to say why so let me tell you why i would do it again there is so much to see there is so much to do that this first time, I feel like I didn't see or do a lot because I was so overwhelmed and I was never in the right place at the right time for a lot of it. But there are at least five or six different storylines. Each character has a unique storyline. And part of the fun is following that storyline and then interacting with other guests that are doing a different storyline. Um, so... I followed the First Order storyline. Um, and the first day wasn't really a lot to do. The First Order storyline really kicked off on the second day. Um, and you got to, I got to install a subroutine to shut all of the ship systems down. And that was their get... Every, that was the, um, the plot device to get everybody into the atrium to see the big fight scene between Luke, uh, between Kylo and, um, and Ray. Um, so that was actually really, really cool. The, uh, honestly, the actors are what really make it because we had a great Lieutenant Croy. Um, also, I learned either yesterday or earlier today, the same Lieutenant Croy actor was, uh, was a member of the Adventure Club. The old uh, at uh, at downtown Disney, um, yeah. Adventures Club, Explorers Club, the one that was in Pleasure Island, the one that had the Congolese thing. Same guy. Well, oh, well, all right. Um, but he was great. He was absolutely great. He did not like droids, so when he saw my BD uh, unit, like his head was poking out from over my shoulder. He did like a big visible shudder. I was like, ooh, you have a droid over your shoulder. I'm like, I sure do. I don't like droids. Don't like droids. Don't like droids. I'm like, okay, but he's really good at recording data. And he looks at me, he thinks for a second. He looks around and he finds a he finds a terminal, like a computer terminal, and he says, Alright, come with me. So I'm like, alright. Grabbed my wife and we walked over. We followed him to the computer terminal. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out some kind of key, touches it to the, the data pad reader, and he said, All right, tap your uh tap your M bands right there. Okay. Tap, tap, 
we'll be in touch. And he, and he walks off to go do his thing. I look on my phone and, oh, hey, look, I have first order credentials now. Hey, that's pretty cool. So it was, it was those kind of moments that you interact with the foods. And then the second, um, um, another time was like right after the first dinner show, the cruise director is good friends with uh, the SK Astro Mac, like their best friends. So after dinner, or after dinner is finishing up, uh, she comes and finds me and says, hey, SK was asking for you and Ducky. She remembered my droid's name. I met her once and she remembered that my droid's name was Ducky. Um, like SK was asking for Ducky specifically. Um, he wants y'all to come meet us up in the, the atrium at like 7.15 at the fashion show, the red carpet fashion show. Come find us. Right. Well, can't tell SK no. Let's go find out. And so we go up there and she was asking for our help to help hide him because the first order was looking for him too because they wanted to shut him down. So we had, so we came up with the idea, hey, we're going to have a dance party. We're just going to dance in front and body block SK as we, and we get him to the elevator and we go and hide him in the cargo hold. So it was those kind of moments that really made it special. So the, um, the, the argument or the, I, I suppose the, yeah, I mean the argument you know, that been made uh, that the repeatability was not there, um, that that you wouldn't be able to get repeated business because it'd be the kind of the same thing. Um, that's not true. That it would. It's it it's not because there's so many different storylines. But so I think it's the... you get. I think what I'm hearing from you though is that you get out of it what you put into it. If you are just going to be that passive observer don't bother probably not right i mean they they will still like it's still a great experience but you're not going to get the full monty if you're just kind of watching from the sidelines like they're like the like the scoundrels the people that were following the scoundrel lines they got to go do a jewel heist during the middle of all of this um the, the the people that followed the Jedi, they got to open a fucking uh, freaking Jedi holocron. Um, I got to shoot missiles at a First Order ship, and then shoot the missiles that they shot us at us down. So, um, so you were a turncoat, weren't you, with the First Order? But then you started shooting so, at the First Order. What? Come on, man. So yeah. So let me tell you. Let me <clears throat> tell you why. Let me tell you what was up. So. After we installed the subroutine, which was this fun, big, giant mini game where we had to have a clandestine meeting in the engineering room, but we also had to, to sign in to tell them that we were there. And we're like, well, this is the first clandestine secret meeting that I've ever had to sign a roster to get into. Eh, you know, whatever. So uh, we do that. And then we go to the second bridge op. So by this time, this was on the second night, the crew of the Halcyon pretty much knew that the uh, lieutenant was going to try to take over the ship. So they had to put crates to block transmission signals. Because at this point, the ship was under a first order blockade right outside of Fatu. 
Um, and I was very upset that I missed that takeover show. We were in our cabin, like, taking a break. And all of a sudden, we look out the window and, oh, hey, there's First Order TIE Fighters swarming the window. And then we got a message, like an all-hands message on our data pad saying, oh, we are now under a First Order blockade. I'm like, oh, hey, when that happens. And we're just chilling in our room because we're just exhausted. That was, I mean, that was my my question. I guess my, my final question, I'll throw it to Dave and Fred. Were, were you just absolutely spent after this? Oh God. Yes. Like we, we were there for two more days at Disney world after the, the hotel or after the cruise. And I purposefully booked animal kingdom that Tuesday. So we could check into the hotel room take a nap and then just have a late day at the park and recuperate. Oh, we were exhausted because it's like, it's nonstop. Like go, go, go. You got stuff to do. You, you're engaging in stuff. Like it was exhausting. But that, again, the part of why that's part of why I want to do it again is that I want to take everything that I learned this go around and, make the second go around even better. Um, so there, there are main plot points that have to happen. Those are the same every single time. Like there's always a ship muster. They go through everything. SK always gets caught and bolted at the end of the first day. Uh, there's always the confrontation between Kylo and Ray at the end of day two. Like that, those always happen. But the characters have a lot of leeway to say, hey, we're going to do this today. Or, oh, I see you have this. Ooh, let's incorporate that into the storyline. There's a group on Reddit that talks about their experiences on the Starline. Somebody dressed up as the Canto Bite police officers and was showing a wanted poster for, the, for Jackson, the, the green bounty hunter rabbit. And the crew got in on it. They're like, oh, hey, you know, this guy is looking for this this uh, this bounty over here. Have you all seen him? Things like that. So, like, they like they play with, with you. So it's not a hard, fast, we're doing it this. No, like, they have a lot of freedom to improv and interact and really give a memorable story experience. Like, it, it really is one of those things where you don't get the full impact unless you go. And I am so very thankful and and happy that I had this opportunity to go um, because it truly is just like a, I've been saying it's like a spiritual journey, and I I have rarely felt that before going to a Disney park. So they they really have something unique. They really have something so powerful, and I'm I'm disappointed that it's closing because it's just that good. I had one question, uh, one last question. Um, the uh, I'm wondering about just the spectacle, because um, Star Wars is all not all about spectacle, but partly about spectacle. Um, and you think about like things like Smuggler's Run, for example, where um, it's just you know laser beams flying by you. You're piloting the Millennium Falcon. It's an adrenaline fueled. Um, 
just you know thrill fest um are there moments like that with the like the ray and kylo confrontation you know was it like that were there were there other moments where you're like encountering laser fire etc um are there things about it that just sort of like not only immerse you in this world but also just sort of thrill you so that would be bridge training um mm-hmm. you get two sessions we got lucky and like got snuck into a third um it's bridge training on the first day where you learn to operate the ships and then that comes in handy on the second day because then you start doing like shooting down tie fighters or moving crates out of the way or putting crates in the way to block signals getting out of the ship so with the first order which is what i was saying earlier how in the end we started having to shoot the missiles at the the first order ship the session before us had laid out these crates to block outgoing transmissions to other ships well, the first order lieutenant was trying to send a mess a message to the first order uh, star destroyer to say, "Hey, I've got it," but we couldn't. And the only way to get through to get through there was to start firing the ship's lasers at the crates. So the first order saw the ship firing lasers and took that as a sign of aggression. So they started shooting missiles at us. So we had to shoot the missiles down so that they wouldn't blow up the ship. And so that was, so that message to the First Order from Lieutenant Troy was how we got Kylo Ren on board. So each session advanced the story somehow. And that was one negative, was that I was getting bits of the story and I was getting parts of the story. I wasn't getting the whole story. So, like, at dinner on the first night, I looked up and, oh, there's Chewbacca. Fuck, how the heck did he get here? How did Chewbacca get here? We have no idea. He just showed up. Um, so that was one complaint, was that you get kind of, like, blocks of the story. And if you're not fully engaged in every single storyline, you kind of miss bits and pieces of it. But it's kind of genius. It's what sucks you into, I've got to save enough money so I can catch that part that I missed. Like, I saw somebody post, like, they've been three times. And I'm like, I I wish. (laughs) I wish I had that kind of money. But I absolutely would do it again. It, It was just absolutely incredible. I guess one last thing for me, uh, I'm interested, uh, there's the excursion that happens from the Star Cruiser to Batuu. Did you find that you were just dying to get back on the ship, like, no, I don't need to go down there, or, you know, or was it a uh, good break from all the story and excitement to just go so, wander around? That is actually a great question. Um, the short answer was, yeah, we kind of wanted to hurry up and do everything on Batuu, and then get back on the Star Cruiser. Because our mindset was, we can come to Batu whenever we want. We're only in space on the Star Cruiser once. So the way that it happens... <laughs> but mom and, dad, they, mom and dad need a nap up on the Star Cruiser. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. right. 
So they have um, it's like it's a special bus, and no one has seen the outside of the bus. It's like a closely guarded secret because no one knows what the outside of the bus actually looks like. It has um, Goofy and Donald and everything on. <laughs> probably so, but we will never know because it's a closely guarded secret. We'll never know. Um, so you are given missions on your data pad that gets you to go interact without with, like, interact with everything in the land. Um, and that further, and that when you do those, it furthers the plot up in space. Um, you are given a meal credit for lunch. Um, and you can use it at Docking Base 7 or at Ronto Roasters. And you're given two priority fast passes to Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance. Use them whenever. Don't care. Um, you also get a special coaster from Oga's Cantina. If you've seen the purple ones with a QR code on the back of them, that's what that's from. Um, and then that plays a part of one of your missions as well. Um, we ended up like not using that food credit. Uh, we said, look, we can come back and eat this whenever we want. Let's go eat some more space food. Um, and that's just a testament to how good this food is. It was great. Also come to find out, you know, two weeks after, we could have asked for to-go boxes. They had these delicious scotch eggs that I could have asked for a box and they would have, they would have gave it to me. And I'm like, well, again, I wish I had known. Um, they also had these waffles that held, they they were conical and had the, the logo on it. And they, they science this out, y'all, where their cup of syrup filled the waffle exactly and perfectly with syrup. I'm, I'm still talking about this waffle and the perfect amount of syrup in this waffle. And it's been almost two months. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, what, what, what were we talking about? Wanting to hurry up and get back on the ship. Yeah. So again, we did, we did the droid building. Uh, we did the Batu experience. Um, but we wanted to just hurry up, do the, do the missions on the data pad, do our fast passes and get back on the ship. Partly because that's the uh, the Sabak tournament that I wanted to play in was like pretty close to the time of our Droid Depot reservation, so we wanted to hurry up, do that, do our rides, and get back up. Um, the transport bus does not have any windows; it is completely themed to a transport shuttle. Um, I got dizzy. I never get dizzy, but I got dizzy on that. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why I got dizzy on it. But just the level of detail that they put into even the shuttle bus just really goes into it. In fact, this, this is my last little tangent. When I went to the men's room, in the stall when you close the door and, and lock it, there is a placard on the inside of the stall door and it's written in Arabesh. And you, you can translate it on your phone and when it's translated in English, it says, uh, in case of turbulence, remain seated. I'm like, this is, this is great. I'm sitting on the toilet, and in case of turbulence, you want me to remain seated. This is great. Yeah, you know, and then, then you think about uh, what they did at Batuu 
in, in Galaxy's Edge now on the Dyson hand dryers. They had to actually write hand dryer because people didn't know what they were. Uh, so final question first, and, and just thank you for telling us the story. Like I said, it's, um, when you, when you told it to me, I was, like I said, I, I know that my, my, my thoughts and everything were based out of ignorance and just, you know, supposition and everything like that. And I was, it sounds like it was incredible. Um, I don't think it's for everybody still. Um, you know, but now my, here's my question to you because it is closing. Um, what do you think, what do you think Disney's going to do with all the stuff? Not just, not just the, not just the brick and mortar, but the, you know, the performances, the food, the, you know, the cast members. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. Um, The first part is, you know, I've been up here saying, you know, praising this Star Cruiser to the High Holy Heavens. There are, there were a few things that, you know, were less than stellar namely being the check-in second being the price um and that, that, honestly it's just those two like honestly and three they let um they they did not market this they did not market it well um because i had a they had a gift card um Shangela starline exclusive gift card i went to use it at animal kingdom and the uh, the lady checking out was like, "What is this? I'm like, it's a gift card. It works." And they <laughs> had no idea. Um, so there's there's a there's a several reasons that this thing is, is shuddering. Um, I I I want to. I mean, I want to believe. I know that they have learned lessons from this. Disney and their infinite business wisdom, imagineering wisdom. I promise you, we are going to see technology that started or was developed for this experience, and it's going to be evolved and improved on. Um, I, I, I hope to see more autonomous droids roaming around Galaxy's Edge. Um, I hope that they take lessons from this from the immersion aspect of it um i read some kind of speculative report that they were renting some kind of equipment that was used on the uh as used in the experience and they were expected to buy it after a certain time and that also led into them wanting to close it um again i i don't know um it's probably gonna the, the property is probably gonna sit abandoned for at least a year. But if they were smart, they would turn that into a some sort of dining experience. You it's a premium dining experience like um like the Royal Table in Cinderella's Castle. They have all of the infrastructure there to do a show, to do the lighting, to do the food, everything is there. They have the, the, the themed shuttle bus. Everything is there. So if it were up to me, they I would I would turn it into some kind of dining experience where you board a shuttle to Bat, from Batu 
and you get on the bus and it drives you over to the star cruiser or whatever the hell they want to call it. And then you get a show for God with Gaia. You get a dinner show with Gaia or some other um, in, intergalactic space. Even the Sabacc tournament. Uh, the Sabacc tournament, I think you could do a lot of, on planet. Um, but... You made the medieval times joke earlier, but like, you know, I'm, you know, Fredo and I are shrugging over here. You can't see it, but it's like, yeah, you know, at medieval times, there's an audience for that. Um, I, I dinner and a show, like, there might be an opportunity for them to recoup some cost in that. And that, I, I might sign up for that, personally speaking. Like, I'm not the audience for, well, you know, $5,000 or whatever, but I might be the audience for an evening, uh, you know, that cost me a couple hundred. Right. That's what I was just right. going to say. They have those experiences throughout Disney World where it's you know, the special tours, backstage stuff, or just the the special magical experiences, if you will. And I would pay, I would pay that as well to go eat space food and watch a show. And, you know, right. Like, uh, I mean, like a, like a $150 to $200 ask is a lot nicer than a $5,000 ask. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's there. I mean, and if you think back to what we were originally promised when Batu was built, we were promised a lot more. Um, and I think a lot of those promises came through in the form of the Star Cruiser. Because um, we were promised a third ride. We had concepts for third rides. We had concepts for a dinner show. Um, we, were, we had promises of the... Um, the, uh, the, the the reputation the fact the faction uh, part of the the mobile game on the data pad was supposed to play more of an experience in the land um, so I think we got a lot of that a lot of that culminated on the Star Cruiser you know you, you talk about the uh, the autonomous droids going around Batu I also that's the thing I thought was missing from Galaxy's Edge when I went yeah was not just the droids, but just I, I want to see Rodians. I want to see, you know, Alien. Twi'leks. I want to see, you know, not just, you know, Human. white suburbanites walking around. You know, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so uh, I, th- I said I, that, too. I want to see aliens like there's more <laughs> than one race in Star Wars. And, like, you there know, are aliens in Star Wars. And the, the Kylo Ren Ray fight could be staged in Batu as well. Um, which that was also really neat because they incorporated like blaster fire and like sparklers. <laughs> so like when the stormtroopers fired their blasters, like sparks came out of the railings where it hit. And when Ray and Kylo dragged their lightsabers across the railing, sparks were flying from where they were dragging it across. And that was really neat. So like the showmanship is there. Like Disney knows how to put on a show. They just really mismanaged this one. They didn't market it right, and it's a shame because it is really, really cool. Oh my gosh, Stephen! Thank you so much for joining us tonight and just walking us through this. And well, it was uh, it was a pleasure. Um, 
I, I like to listen to myself talk. So <laughs> any any opportunity to do so. No, really, I appreciate y'all having me on here and um, letting me gab for however long it's been. And I appreciate y'all letting me ramble. Wow. Um, this is something that I, I just had a, a spiritual movement with. <laughs> um, and again, I'm just, I'm very thankful uh, to my wife for, for letting me do this. Um, and again, I'm just, I'm very grateful and appreciative that I had this opportunity to just do it. And I'm thankful for y'all for letting me, uh, let me talk about it. Oh, our pleasure. Like I said, I mean, I've been ranting about what I think and it's, uh, it's nice to hear what it actually is. Um, and not from a Disney marketing person or an influencer, but you know, a friend who, you know, actually went and here's the straight scoop. So that's cool. So I will, I will, I will leave you with, uh, with one last, uh, fun little story. I, uh, I, I, for, for plausible deniability, I may or may not have a, uh, a special souvenir that I managed to acquire from, uh, from the Star Cruiser. Um, I, uh, liberated, liberated. acquired, found, smuggled uh i i may or may not have a space spoon i may or may not have uh liberated a spoon from the dining room you know plausible deniability it's a it's a it's a weird spoon that's why i kept it it's like slanty and angular and it has a point i love this thing i call it my space spoon and if <laughs> if i was brave enough i would have taken more but uh they Sorry, I'm rambling. Long story short is I have a space spoon. No, my my roommates in college worked at the country club and they came home every night with a new place setting. So I know how it goes. I mean, look, they're not gonna need it in like a month. When I took it, may or may not have taken it, like they weren't gonna need it in like three months. So what the hell you know, is spoon? You said you got your oh, masters. Do you do realize that space spoon could probably fund your doctorate if you wanted to, you know, if you wait about <laughs> another year. So. That and uh that and the, the, the generous employee discount provided by the Louisiana school system. There you go. We're getting a sell high. Oh no, friend! This was a buy high, sell high. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, again, thank you very much. Appreciate you coming on, telling us everything. You're welcome back anytime. Um, you know, obviously, Ahsoka's coming up, so we're going to be rambling about that pretty soon. Um, so I'm looking forward to it because I I love Rebels, my favorite animated Star Wars thing. So I am so excited to see how this story continues with the table. I am beyond excited. Cool, cool. Right on. Well, with that, we will say who dat. Who dat. And uh, everybody have a great week. My